Welcome to Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we're going to be covering Minute 23, which goes from 22 to 20.59 on the clock. We start with Mark finishing his conversation with Winklevi, um, and then they lead him on the streets of uh, Cambridge to the Porcellion Club. Uh, and then once they get inside, uh, he meets Divya Narendra, uh, who, of course, will be another antagonist in future minutes. Um, and they discuss the idea of, you know, uh, what he did, uh, basically kind of almost to get him into Harvard. Um, and they spend a lot of time kind of buttering him up, um, you know, with words and also with some butter in the form of a sandwich. Um, and them giving him the sandwich is kind of one of my favorite things <laughs> because the kind of the the space work that Jesse Eisenberg with, does with the sandwich is just delightful. Um, throughout the rest of the scene, he's constantly whenever the, the shots on him, he's doing something with the sandwich in every shot. And uh, I just think it's a wonderful thing that they just kind of put into the film. Uh, joining me to talk about today is Drew Brett. Hello, Drew. Hello. Did you say you put butter on your sandwich? Well, I mean, I I mean. <laughs> I personally don't put, if I'm, I mean, it depends what I put on the sandwich, but, uh, you know, most sandwiches over here are buttered, so. Really? Um, yeah, I you mean. <laughs> I'm here to help. I mean, this is a safe place. You can tell me the truth. I, I like, I like butter, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> in many, in many ways, I just look for stuff that is just a butter delivery system, whatever I can put, <laughs> butter, just just to get it into me. Well, um, not going to let go of that I mean, image anytime soon in my brain. You That's don't. Great. Well, yeah, you don't. You know, I mean, you don't want to know about dripping sandwiches, then, do you? Oh, so. Lord Almighty, my cholesterol <laughs> hurts. <laughs> I got to tell you, the day that my mom stopped cooking everything in lard, I was extremely. I was like, "What is you know? What is vegetable oil? What are we talking <laughs> about here? I don't understand what's going on." How dare this food have taste? I can tell the difference in. That's yeah. Not okay. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean the, uh, the 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 great thing about cooking chips in lard is basically afterwards the fat just hardens and you just you just leave it there. And then and then you just melt it for the next time and then you know it just retains the flavor each time. Um yeah, so well, this I, has I been mean butter by minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get the end we get the end of the exchange between, you know, uh Mark and the Winklevi and mm. I, they 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 do my my favorite thing you know obviously they've just tried to figure out whether or not their girlfriends were insulted um and then i like as well how you know cameron's like you know uh like we never asked and he's like we should do that and i just i i, I know i like army hammer's delivery of that but that leads into my favorite line which is where mark after a very brief pause just goes you guys look like you spend some time at the gym <laughs> and it's i i love the kind of understatement uh, you know, obviously the British are, are well known for understatement. Uh, you know, we we had some, uh, as they like to call them, some troubles in Northern Ireland for about 40 years, which involved people bombing each other. So, you know, we like to understate things. And I lo just love that line of understatement. of Like, you look like you spend some time in the gym. We've already seen them in the gym. We've already seen them rowing like that, you know. We we know this, but I I kind of I kind of like that you know Cameron. I like as well how Mark kind of he doesn't immediately jump to what he knows is true, you know. Cameron says we have to, and of course Mark's just like why. And I I I like how he leads them on, and they're like we row crew, 
And then I, you know, Mark kind of just pauses and he's like, yeah, I got a minute. And I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a wonderful little callback, obviously, to the whole, you know, Erica thing of, you know, do you row crew? You know, and obviously Mark being like, have you seen people who row crew? Like, then they're not like me. And yeah. I, I like that that kind of comes back here where it's like literally they're like a foot taller than him and like 100 pounds heavier. And, you know, they are kind of like pure muscle. And <laughs> Mark is kind of just a little bit dwarfed by them. And just a I, little bit, I, yeah. <laughs> he looks like about seven inches tall in this shot. <laughs> and I like how he kind of toys with them just with that little exchange of like, you know, you look like you go to the gym. And the fact that the fact that they're like, yeah, of course we do, because we row crew. Like, we, that's, yeah. you know, their, their entire life is rowing crew. So, of course, within like a couple of minutes of meeting them, they've had to say those that that were those words. Um, I don't know that this exchange ever actually happened. I don't know that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg had to be told that these two extremely well-known people who row crew and who were basically, you know, the best in, you know, at Harvard. I don't know that he would have to be told about that. Like, I I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this I, is much more like an Aaron Sorkin uh, uh, dream scenario come true kind of thing. Yeah, particularly. Which is perfectly fine. The more of that, the better, <laughs> in my opinion. Particularly the little kind of the capper of like, yeah, I've got a minute. <laughs> like, just like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just the little tiny, the, like the, the, like you said before, the misdirection of the, hey, wait, we should check with our girlfriends about that. <laughs> well, yeah, we can do that later. Like, that's brilliant. Like, character building. Like, oh, yeah, we forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so they're so handsome and so busy that they forgot about the fact that they they have girlfriends, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible curse they have. This tragic <laughs> amount of beauty. Yeah, and yeah. and then of course we immediately we immediately cut to Mark being shown to the the porcelain. Obviously, that again was set up earlier. You know, the kind of both. I think the Phoenix, the Fly, and the porcelain are the only kind of three that were set up, and all of them end up paying off as the film goes on. And this is kind of the first payoff of that. You know, like Mark being taken inside the porcelain and then this is where we get a little bit of the kind of class politics where tyler is like you know we can't take you past the bike room because you're not a member oh man yeah and that's I, killer and i like mark's kind of blank like i've heard like <laughs> like like yeah i've heard that these clubs are exclusive because basically i broke up with my girlfriend over this whole thing and so yeah i i don't know i kind of i kind of like it and then you know in the script aaron sorkin Worth noting that we're 32 pages here in, you know, almost almost kind of 10 pages ahead of where we are on the minutes. Um, you know, he says the most exclusive of all finals clubs, Divya is sitting in the main living room with a textbook open uh, as the heavy wooden door opens and the three of them come into the bike room. Now, that isn't actually how it happens in the film. Um, you know, Divya is already in the bike room and they kind of come in and he's already there. Um, so obviously David Fincher kind of you know, he didn't give Divya like a big kind of entrance <laughs> into this scene. He just uh, had him already be yeah. there, which I think is, it makes no sense. hero's entrance. He doesn't get the music swell behind him like he's Captain America. Uh, no, of, unfortunately he doesn't. Although that would be wonderful <sighs> if he, or even like a Wonder Woman guitar sting, if that, if kind of Divya oh. opened them. <laughs> it, yeah, that would be, I'm really glad they didn't go that direction. <laughs> no one should really do that direction. That's not a good idea. Yeah. And then this is where Cameron, you know, I mean, he, the thing is as well, this is how you can tell who the nice wing Winklevosses and the evil Winklevosses because yeah, that's true. Tyler is the one who's who's kind of like, you're not a member, we can't take you past the bike room whereas Cameron is the one who's like would you like a sandwich or something? So like, <laughs> so Cameron is the one who'll like offer a sandwich and be like, you know, kind of give get him a free sandwich whereas you know tyler is like you can't come past the bike room <laughs> so uh i kind of i kind of like that we get in just a, a little bit of delineation here between the kind of the way the two brothers act 
Um, and then we get Divya Narendra. I think I have already spoken about, um, you know, the uh, the unfortunate, I don't know, I don't know what to call it. It's not really blackface, it's more Indian face um, that goes on here with uh, Divya Narendra. I don't think it's quite as bad in this scene as in the earlier scene. In the earlier scene, it's kind of more noticeable. Um, but yeah, like they've darkened the skin tones of this actor because oh, he is English. I don't think I knew that before. Yeah, he's English and his father was Italian and he's definitely not Indian at all. So <laughs> I, I think it's probably one of the things that maybe if they'd have done this film, you know, a few years later, they probably would have, I, I, I don't know, they probably would have found an Indian actor who probably could have been, um, you know, a, a better kind of fit for the part. Uh, not that um, you know Max Minghella does not do a good job, but it just every time I see him in this film, it's always a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, it stands out for you now too much. Particularly when Tyler says, "This is Divya Narendra, our partner." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that are you? Yeah, really? yeah, you sure about that, guys? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. I like that he introduces him, and then Divya says, "You know, Mark," and he says. Yeah, <laughs> like there's <laughs> as opposed to before it's, uh, you know, t- you know, Tyler and Cameron introduce themselves. They use their full names. Mark's like, I don't care who you are. You're not that kind of you're not the Greek God that these two dudes are that I'm that I really want to be with. I'm not terribly interested in you. I like that. He's more interested in the pictures on the wall. Honestly, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool. Like he he's kind of taking in the moment of like, I'm actually in the room of the club that I wanted to be in. Like I could actually get. I think he's kind of contemplating that he's getting closer to his goal and he's kind of enjoying it for a moment. He's not paying attention to anything anybody says. He doesn't care why he's there. He has no interest. <laughs> like you can look at him with the sandwich. He's trying to put it in his pocket and there's like 16 inches of a sandwich that sticks out. He's like, nah, this isn't going to work. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I do kind yeah. of just love that for the rest of the scene for Jesse Eisenberg, it just kind of becomes he's, all about the sandwich. And... He's stuck with that. thing. Like, <laughs> what do you do with it? <laughs> Like he didn't want it. He took it because he was supposed to take it. But then he finally gets he gets it in his hands and he's like, I don't know what to do with this. thing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. But so we get we basically get, like I said, you know, he we, we you know, we get some buttering up from uh, from Divya, basically, uh, where he says, you know, we were really impressed with face mash. Now that I mean, that seems quite true because, you know, in the earlier scene, you know, we saw them reading the article in the Crimson about what happened. Right. And they did genuinely seem kind of impressed that this guy had done it. And so, you know, they have kind of, you know, sought him out a little bit to kind of, you know, it's no coincidence that he ran into, you know, the wall of Winklevoss at that particular time. I'm sure that they kind of checked, you know, all the different courses that Mark Zuckerberg was enrolled in to kind of find out where he would be. Uh, it's just coincident, you know, that maybe he came out of the class a little bit earlier than they were expecting. Um, That's a really good point. How did they know where to be at that moment? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a bit creepy if you think of it, because he <laughs> left in the middle of a class. Yeah, like clearly not at the time when, when people are supposed to be walking in between classes and they're standing. They had to stand there for the entire length of the class. Just be like, God, when did this class get out? I'm like, they're probably getting bored sitting there. I would like to think that their plan was they were going to go to the lecture hall and check that he was there and maybe sit at the back and just wait for the class to finish. And, you know. I don't know how they would do that, conspic- you know, inconspicuously because they are two gigantic people. Yeah, they're um, seventeen feet tall. It's like they're not exactly <laughs> yeah. going to blend in with these guys. Yeah, and, so- and the the room they were in was so massive, and there's only like you know twenty five different people in the actual room built for three hundred. It's they're, they're not exactly going to be incognito. Yeah, but I think maybe that would have been their plan. Would it just been to kind of poke their head in, check that he was in there, and once they'd seen that. <laughs> Maybe just be like, oh, he's, you know, he's in that class. I mean, you know, I, 
d- I, I didn't I didn't spot if there was a window in the door, but I didn't think there was. But if there had been a window in the door, I'd they love a just... deleted scene of the two of them being like, "I thought you said this <laughs> class gets out at three o'clock. Why Why do we have to be here at two? And the other yeah. one, like, just be patient, man. Just wait, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we we kind of we then get you know Divya. He says you know they were impressed with face match again. I I kind of believe that. Um, and then they said obviously he built course match. And then, you know, this is where Tyler, I don't know if Tyler really didn't know about course match, but it seems like this is, I mean, again, this is a kind of sorkin thing for someone to be slightly out of the loop so they can ask questions. So, of course, yeah. he asks it, what it it's is. It's a chance to put some exposition in there that's, that feels a little bit natural. I mean, like, yeah. like we were just talking about, they knew where his class was. They had to <laughs> have used this course, unless Cameron's the one who set it all up and it was like, look, I know where to go. Just be with, hang out with me. I feel like that's changed the entire film for you now that you, you, you know, you're thinking about that. Um, I mean, this is this is my job. Let's, <laughs> let's look at these little, little details. Come on, man. And so, of course, you know, he talks about how, you know, you could go online, find out, you know, what courses your friends are taking, and then, you know, you could match to them. That might be the explanation for how they found Mark. They might have just gone online and put in, you know, Mark's courses or Mark's name and see what courses he was doing, and that's how they found him. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is kind of maybe trying to pay that off just a little bit. Um, I think they've been spying on him for days. <laughs> Hi- is, in bush. They saw the formula on the window. Yeah, That's what it was. There okay. is there is a chance. Uh, it's all full circle. I got it. I'm on it. And uh, there is a, there is a point in the script actually where it says that obviously Mark is looking at the you know the black and white pictures of previous Porcelian classes. I'm guessing he's maybe trying to find one of the Roosevelts um you know that that feels like kind of maybe that's what he's doing from the earlier kind of minutes where he's he's trying to figure out who like who the famous people are in those pictures um and then of course they oh, say yeah he sees a bra hanging over a lamp um which you know again it's <laughs> i like how that kind of distracts that's the thing that distracts mark and that's where divya kind of has to interrupt his thoughts um and then obviously you know mark he says that of course match you know it was a no-brainer i i guess it kind of makes sense and then, you know, that is when the sandwich comes into play. Um, and, you know, Mark, in the script, it says that he opens it in his lap. But he ne- That's something that Jesse Eisenberg never does. He never starts. Yeah, he doesn't eating. actually sit down anywhere, no, does he? No, he, he's constantly moving around and, you know, the sandwich is always kind of in play. And then, of course, this is where Divya sets Mark up to explain himself rather than, you know, pretend that he kind of, you know, he heard something about something that Mark did in high school. And uh, I do kind of love the way that he's like, you know, you invented something in high school, like just as a casual question. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> this is where Mark gets to brag, where he's like, you know, an app for an MP3 player that recognizes your taste in music. Um, you know, and then, of course, Divya says, did anybody try to buy it? Now, you wouldn't ask that question if you didn't know the response, would you? No, of course not. Do you think that is that a, is that a ba- based on actual events? Did he actually yes. come up with a program like that? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, That's you know, we will. You know, we finish with, um, you know, the Microsoft, how much that's the end of this minute. But we'll talk about the kind of payoff for that tomorrow. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the fact that he kind of invented something in high school that attracted the attention of Microsoft, that is a true story. Uh, I think there might have even been something in the Crimson article um, uh, that the the, the kind of the Winklevoss and Divya read at the beginning. Uh, It's been a while since I've read the, uh, the, the that that particular Crimson article. Uh, and it's a few pages long, and I have a feeling they mentioned in passing that he, you know, he invented some software in high school that got the attention of Microsoft, um, and that's kind of one of the things that kind of got him into Harvard. 
Um, so, you know, it's amazing that kind of thing existed back in 2002, 2003. And yet Spotify still has no idea what I like to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody the, stop the, recommending crappy music to me the, on my players. I think the thing is as well, like with, a, with an MP3 player, um, I, I think like the, the software would, or would kind of already have all your MP3s. So it might be a bit like with Spotify. I think, you know, the fact that you kind of, you can almost pick anything to play. And so it's kind of hard for maybe Spotify to keep up with exactly what your tastes are whereas if you've got I only a, listen to four different things guys well yeah it, I, whereas like if you've got something like you know your your itunes library and you only got like you know 2000 songs and maybe it's a little easier for something to extract what your taste Probably. is from those things so but yeah i mean yeah and that's where the minute ends obviously we'll talk about how much he sold it to microsoft for um <laughs> tomorrow uh but yeah <laughs> Is there? I mean, is I, I what I like as well. Obviously, you know the whole um, the whole kind of brown face thing with Max Minghella aside. I do like the way he plays Divya as, you know, kind of um, like in this scene in particular. He's like he's very throughout the film. He's very kind of supportive of um, well, I'm mostly Tyler. He's not he's not as supportive of Cameron's intentions in this film. Uh, but whenever <laughs> Tyler gets mad, he Divya is always the one who's kind of backing him up. Uh, which I kind of like. I kind of like that you know that uh, that Tyler can't rely on his other twin to back him up when he gets angry, and he has to have this outside source. Uh, but I do, I do really enjoy the kind of relationship between these kind of you know between the army's hammer and <laughs> and and Max Mingella. I just I like the I like the kind of way they interact, and I also like how you know this is kind of classic Sorkin of somebody asking questions and just setting up stuff so we can get you know the kind of you know, some of this, uh, you know, this exposition, which we have to get out of the way just to kind of, we have to understand why, you know, this whole thing came together. You know, the fact that Mark did that website drunkenly one night, I don't think would have been enough. You know, we have to kind of, we have to go just a tiny bit deeper and be like, oh, he's, you know, he's really good at coding and he's already invented some stuff that, you know, proved to be useful anyway that people were aware of. And that's that's the thing that kind of, dra you know, kind of hooks them a little bit. We've just mm -hmm. obviously seen him in his, you know, his, his class where he's done something super clever. You know, we've seen him do face mash and now we're seeing just a little bit more of his CV to be like, oh yeah, this is the guy who, you know, can do this thing for us. And, you know, I like how they kind of piece it together. You know, it's not just all, oh, Mark Zuckerberg's a genius. And, you know, it's each piece of it is just gradually building Mark Zuckerberg's character and being like, you know, this is why he, you know, they, they willingly got into bed with him. It's because... Yeah, they're they, doing the ego stroking here to try and get his attention and yeah. say, hey, look, we know about you. Let us tell you about us now. Yeah, and they were also kind of like impressed. That's that's the thing. Like, they were impressed by him. And they, you know, they... Right, right. We'll find out in the next minute it's kind of more practical reasons for why they need someone. But in within that, you know, it shows that the, the three of them, um, you know, obviously today, you know, a decade later, they're, you know, they're fairly successful businessmen. And it's like the, that kind of side of them, like the, the negotiation and the kind of kind of getting this person ready to be like, oh, yeah, I'll come and do this thing for you. Like they have to kind of build it, build up to the idea that they're working on. And I kind of like how they start off by just buttering up Mark and being like, oh, tell us how great you are. Hmm. And then the next step is like, and that's why you need to do stuff with us. Like That's interesting. Yeah. So I, yeah, they kind of set him up you know, as I, you're the only one who can help us get through this particular issue that we're having. That's an interesting way to do it. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of an opposite way that um, it's kind of stands in opposition to like because we already had the sequence where Eduardo goes is pledging to his his finals club thing. Right. The uh, no. 
Phoenix? Yeah. That hasn't happened yet? No, no. He, he doesn't get punched until the next five minutes. Okay. Gets, I can't. He, I, he gets, the order, sequence of events is a little bit hazy, but it kind of stands in opposition <laughs> yeah. to that where he's tested in a certain, in three certain ways. And, and Mark is kind of tested in the same kinds of ways, but it's really more yeah. they're, they're recruiting him. Than they are well, it, it does. It does feel like it does feel like they're testing him for a club, and the club is yeah. just going to be the four of them. Yeah, but, it's just know, a the, different method to start of off with. Yeah, to start off with, they have to make it seem attractive, you know, and mm-hmm. and showing 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 him the bike room, as we'll find out in you know one of the the kind of the one of the the kind of testimonies that goes on. Showing them the bike room was meant to impress him, like. That you know, giving him a sandwich, I guess, slightly less impressive, but at least, at least, at least he was, tr- you know, at least Cameron was trying something a little less obvious than just we think you're yeah. really clever. He, he's trying to make him feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more like you belong here. You can eat out of our refrigerator. It's, a, it's that kind of testimony to say you're part of the family if you want to be, and if you do want to be, this is not necessarily exactly what to expect. You know, free sandwiches every so often, but it's it's your part, your home. This can be home for you if you want. Yeah. If you're willing to do this thing we need you to do. Yeah, which we'll get Those into more rascals. of tomorrow. Uh, but before we do, um, you know, uh, do you think we have covered everything that's in this this minute? I can't think of anything else that there's... Let's see what the notes say. Yeah, it's just kind of a, an interesting... I like that Mark is not interested kind of in Divya as a, as a person. He, he <laughs> doesn't... He immediately sizes him up and, and realizes he doesn't have anything to offer him and there's real no reason for him to be impressed. Yeah. Um, he just that, he kind of just sees sees him has like a, you know a part just part of the deal that he just kind of has to put up with. Yeah, if he's gonna work I don't, I don't think with he, the Winklevoss, he, then he sees like the twins, and he understands that these guys are kind of like the genuine model of what he wants to aspire to. He wants to be, you know, the the tall, good looking, uh, successful uh, crew dudes and, and all this stuff. And he doesn't get any of that same kind of vibe from Divya. Like, there's nothing in Divya that attracts him to that kind of a life. He's just this sweater vest wearing kind of goon. And, yeah. and he's more interested in the, in the the other two guys in the room, and he's like, "Well, well, I guess we have to talk about what happens next." next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Try not to jump ahead, man. This is tougher than I thought. <laughs> well, then let's let's move on to the question for Wednesday, which is, you know, what are your thoughts on any of the other, you know, David Fincher films? Do you have any particular favorites? Is this your favorite oh, David man. Fincher film? You know, uh, um, hmm, is this my favorite? It certainly is one of the best. Um, I got a quick look at. I don't know. I have not seen everything he's directed. That is certain. Um, but I, I think that because he did Fight Club, did he not? Yes, he did. Okay, Fight Club was. I, I was a real big fan of that. Um, Seven, I always thought was fantastic. Um, here we go. Here's a quick list of his stuff. No, I have not seen Gone Girl. I read the book. Oh, the opening two sequences or two episodes of House of Cards is really spot on. So yeah. this is probably the best thing that I've seen of his. This is definitely, I think, my favorite. Fight Club is probably a close number two. Um, although the shine on Fight Club has worn off, you can kind of tell it's pretty aged at this point, and it doesn't that isn't exactly uh, the message of Fight Club. It doesn't exactly uh, taste so good uh, in this particular day and age. But Social Network, I think, is probably his finest work. I would say that the message of Fight Club never was particularly good. <laughs> I, would, I would say I would say it's just... Well, yeah, a- the word good is a little strong, but I, I, it's certainly 
there is certainly something interesting and appealing of that particular of some of the message of of, of that film. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for the deconstruction of the way modern society casts masculinity and whatnot. But I think the issue that Fight Club wants to raise really kind of pales in comparison after world events that took place shortly after that movie was released kind of minimized what that movie wanted to talk about, unfortunately. It's still a great film, and it's a ton of fun, but I think it just doesn't land as impactful and powerful as it used to. I I need to go back and read the book. I don't think I've I've read Chuck Palahniuk's book, um, man, in a long enough time to remember anything (laughs) about it. Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, interestingly, you know, it's I mean, I think the funny thing about uh, Palahniuk, uh, I mean, obviously, he's I mean, he's, a you know, some people see him as a a bit of a divisive kind of person. (laughs) I mean, you know, he has a certain persona that he likes to kind of uh, live. Yeah, he cultivates the reputation he has. (laughs) Yeah. So um, but I, you know, when uh, when the film Choke came out, which is directed by um, uh, one of the fellas from Avengers, uh, Clark Gregg, um oh. I, I thought yeah i know and he and he's married to the he's married to baby from uh, dirty dancing so now you know um but yeah i mean i thought that was quite interesting because i i did actually buy the book um around the same time as the film came out and then i saw the film and then you know i read the book afterwards and i thought it was you know quite a, a kind of a, a kind of more straightforward kind of adaptation of of a film um, and Sam Rockwell plays like the main character and he's really good in that. So, but I, I, it's weird that no, I mean, I guess just due to the subject matter of his other books, nobody's been able to kind of adapt, um, any of his yeah. other books. And even, <laughs> even choke is kind of like about a person who basically, you know, deliberately swallows food. So people will save him so he can get money out of them. So, you know, Ugh. yeah. So, and, uh, he believes that he's been conceived from Jesus's foreskin. So, you know, it goes in some weird directions. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, but I, I mean, it's it's a it's an enjoyable film, but I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird because I think, well, what if David Fincher had done it? And I think he would have kind of there's a certain aspects that he would have kind of uh, emphasized a bit more than uh, than Clark Gregg did, um, who also stars in the film as well. He's you know, he's in the film there and he plays one of the kind of more thankless uh, characters in it. I'll always remember Clark Gregg as uh, Agent Michael Casper from uh, The West Wing. <laughs> That's where I'm always yes. going to remember him from. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big fan of pretty much all of David Fincher's films, with the exception of Alien Three, which isn't really a David Fincher film. Um, oh yeah, see, I, that's one of those I remember. I feel like I have seen, but it might be it might be so long since I have seen it that I can't actually remember anything about it. <laughs> it sits in that category of yeah, I've probably seen that movie, right? I mean, Sigour- it Sigourney, like I've seen it, but Sigourney, I can't actually tell you what happens. <laughs> Yeah, Sigour- Sigourney Weaver shaves her head and then dies. There you go. That's the entire Whoa, Alien 3. spoiler alert. Hashtag, pretty much come on you, now. It's pretty much all you need to know about Alien 3. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm still a huge fan of Fight Club. I think I think obviously, you know, the, there are certain kind of people online who maybe have picked the wrong message from Fight Club, but that's not going to make Yeah, not, like, that's kind of the issue. Because... They don't realize what uh, the movie's trying to say is this is not a good idea. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, let's go do this. No, no, guys, guys, the point of the film is to not do it. Come on. <laughs> wave off man yeah just because people don't understand the message of a film that's not going to make me not like a film and i feel like everyone got the important message from uh, benji buttons which is uh brad pitt looks fantastic whatever age you put him at even when he's a (laughs) even when he's a tiny kind of you know man baby he still looks fantastic you can't take that away from brad pitt um no but yeah no that sounds that sounds legitimate yeah kate blanchett is also a wonderful actress those are the things that you need to retain from that film i need to go back and watch curious case of benjamin button that came out what just shortly before this movie didn't it? it was like 2007 2008 something like that it was it was 2008 he uh, t- zodiac was 2007 so zodiac okay 
Benji Button. Yeah, I forgot about Zodiac. Holy moly. Okay, so <laughs> that's that's a contender for top. I don't think it knocks out this. I think the combination of Aaron Sorkin's words and David Fincher's direction is is uh, is unbelievable, and there's nothing quite like it. Um, yeah. I, I'm a huge Sorkin fan to begin with. I, I think I've I try to stay up and, and follow er, and see what he does and, and make sure I'm, I'm aware of what he does. I think his is definitely one of the top talents of the past 50 years, and it's always exciting to see what he did. And, and especially something like with this movie, everybody's kind of like, "What do you mean a Facebook movie? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> yeah. But then as soon as you attach the name Aaron Sorkin to it, I'm like, "All right, I'm sold. I'll be there. Let's let's go ahead and do it. Let's." <laughs> I'm sucked in. Let's go for it, guys. Well, I feel like we have covered as much as we can for this minute, so uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm part of the Clashing Sabers Network. It's a Star Wars-focused podcasts and article website. You can find us over at clashingsabers.net. Um, we like to take deep dives into the movies. We have a couple articles um, about or that we've released recently about uh, a lot of the inf- episode nine information we know, theorizing about the importance of masks on characters. Brandon is a big fan of that kind of stuff. Brandon Boylan is the the lead editor of the site over there and the main host of the flagship podcast. But we've also got awesome things. Um, one of them is uh, Forever Star Wars is a great deep dive into the history and the impact Star Wars has on an individual basis, as well as Don't Burn the Sacred Texts, where we review the books as they come out. We read through the books and then we fight over what they mean and, and uh, try and rank them and figure out what are the better books that are being released in the Star Wars universe. Are you a Star Wars fan? Have we talked about this yet? No, I, I've never seen any Star Wars. What? No, that's you a lie. lie. No, come that's on. Lie. Really? I, the, last, the, last, the last three films I saw are more, more than once at the cinema. So. <laughs> yeah. And I saw, I saw both Force of Awakens and the Last Jedi in IMAX as well. So there we go. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> well, you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com/slash the social minute, or on Twitter at social underscore minute, or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here today, Drew. Oh, absolutely. This has been a pleasure. And otherwise, I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>